Hello, this is Rob and Mike from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, and this is Think Smart with TMFG. Mike, today on Think Smart, I thought it would be a good idea for you and I to talk about the housing boom in Canada that never ends. It's been a long time now, hasn't it? It certainly has. You know, I've been a financial advisor now for 30 years, and one of the investments that I've been fighting against for 30 years, it seems, is home ownership. Yeah, we always talk about cycles of things go in and out of favor and go up and down. And the last correction, when was it, back in 1989, 1990, I guess was the last major one we saw in Canada. We saw a little bit of fallout from the U.S. disaster in 2007, 2008, but didn't hit us that badly up it, here. It didn't last. It didn't last. So here's some information. Obviously, housing prices across the country continue to go up, especially in two major centers, Vancouver and Toronto. Ten years ago, Vancouver was the 10th most expensive city in the world. Today, it's number two behind Hong Kong. Ten years ago, Toronto was number 37. It's now number five in the world. Some interesting predictions over the years. Back in 2012, our finance minister at the time was Mark Carney. He believed at the time the Canadian market or real estate prices were at a market high and predicted a correction. And their government at the time came in and made some changes to help bring down the cost of housing. Last year, the Canadian Housing Corporation predicted that during COVID, we were likely to see a significant drop in housing prices and possibly a major housing price correction. They've since come back and apologized for that prediction, which is pretty rare that someone actually would come back and apologize for a prediction. But they basically said we were wrong. What started to happen even in and around Toronto is you're seeing prices go up in places like Barrie and Kingston and Waterloo. Prices are continuing to rise steadily in those markets. Real estate and real estate construction today make up a larger share of our economy than in other, any other country in the entire world. That's how important it is for Canadians in real estate. Home ownership today is up to 69%. That's the highest level it has ever been. We normally are around 64, 65%. We're up to almost 69% today, approaching 70%. When you look at not just the real estate prices, but you look at the debt that goes with that real estate, we have twice the debt in real estate versus the U.S., double the amount of debt. So when, when does it end? And is it going to end? I think the problem we have between yourself and myself looking at this is we tend to look at everything from an economic standpoint, right? We're, we're a number of people. The reality is a lot of reports you read on Canada, Canada is one of the most desirable countries in the world to live in. And when you hear about people immigrating to different countries, Canada tends to be the number one destination for those immigrants. 
And we look from an economic point of view, and we always think of Canada as not the greatest economic place in the world. We don't have a lot of great companies. We're not like the U.S. Our tax regime isn't as good. So we look at Canada with a bit of a negative face over the U.S. side of things. But a lot of people in the world love Canada and want to be over here. So I guess that's a piece of why Canada has moved so quickly over the last you know, 10 to 20 years. But with this COVID situation in here, it doesn't really explain the last year. Our immigration has come to a dead halt and we still have prices increasing. So some of that is probably, you know, the, the whole work from home. If you've been uh, locked up in a, in a condo for the last 12 months, maybe you've decided now's the time to get out into the housing market. Interest rates are low. So you can see how people are excited to get their own place. What else is, what else is going on? There's got to be more than just supply demand. Well, the biggest factor is interest rates. I mean, lower interest rates make houses more affordable. And we've had the lowest interest rates, I guess, ever, is it? <laughs> well, I think at the end of 2020, the average mortgage was at 1.97%. That's a pretty good rate on a mortgage. Yeah. I mean, that's bordering on what inflation is. Your interest payments aren't the problem. It seems to be the principal is the problem. And I guess they extend mortgage periods out for a longer period of time. People, it doesn't seem as important for people to pay back their principal right now, which is a bit of a mistake because we've seen that happen in the States. So you got to approach that with caution. We saw what happened in the U.S. in 2007, 2008. So you got to be a bit cautious when you see people not worrying about paying down principals. But that's the advisor side in us coming out. That's that whole you know, theory that you've got to make a sound investment and have a good return and manage your risk. Why would you pay down your mortgage right now if the price keeps going up and you're only paying 2% interest? Yeah, you better find another piece of property. Well, and that's <laughs> what people are doing. Yeah. So maybe that's where, you know, some of the solutions are. I know in my neighborhood, I have lots of beautiful empty houses that have been empty for four, five, six years. And they sit there and they're not so beautiful anymore. Some of them have plywood on the windows right next door to our house. We're in a nice neighborhood, an established neighborhood in Richmond Hill, right by the pond. And we've got a house that's been boarded up for four years now. Well, think of yourself in, one, in a foreign country. And let's say it's not one of the more friendly foreign countries in the world. Maybe more towards socialistic or communist type, type of government that restrict your ability to invest in that company. If you want a good place to invest, a safe haven, God, Canada is a dream place, isn't it? We have a stable currency. We have a lot of protection in here. You go to different countries, you don't realize how governments are. You know, I, I went down to visit different places in South America. You know, governments, there is takeovers over the government and a property you once owned, you don't own anymore. So Canada, we know there's a stable government. You can own a place. It will always be yours. Generally speaking, it will go up in value and it's going to be in a pretty reasonable currency. So it's not a bad investment for a foreigner. I guess the thing that I look at is home ownership. You know, I, I call it, it's a privilege to be able to own your own home, but it's almost somewhat a, a, a right that you should be able to afford a home where you live. And we obviously have some things in place today that don't make sense. So I'll give you an example. If home ownership should be a right for Canadians, if, if they've got a good income or a reasonable income, they should be able to afford their home. 
then housing prices should be reasonable, or at least we should make as many houses available as possible. But if you've got houses that are just being used for investment purposes, that takes them out of the home ownership model. Yeah. And you were talking to me about that you believe rents are too cheap. So give an example. Oh, far too cheap. When I see the rental on places in, if you look in the surrounding areas of Toronto, there's homes out there. They're literally 4,000 square feet that go in for under $3,000 a month. And they're $2 million homes. So why buy the house for $2 million when you can rent the house for $3,000 a month? Yeah. And I mean, the, the problem is, if this market continues to grow like it is, you're missing out on that growth of the equity in the home because you're standing on the sidelines as it's going on. But I mean, if the housing market would stabilize or just or go down in, a, in any manner in the near future, yeah, it would make no sense to have the ownership in the home. But it continues to, you know, we were at a conference five or six years ago and it was a head economist of... it was of the, the Economist. The, of the, the, economist. the lead editor of The Economist who is a leading economist herself... And she went and said that uh, in the entire world, remember that's out of England, so this is the entire world, We the question came, what's the most concerning bubble you have? And she says, it's right in your Toronto real estate market. Says, we don't understand it. <laughs> we live here and we don't understand yeah. it. So here's a few, you know, things to me that don't make sense. You know, I, I received an email just the other day from a client. His daughter and her husband are looking to buy a place. They've got a sizable amount for a down payment. They're afraid to get into the market because prices just keep going up. There's bidding wars on houses. People are lined up for viewings of the houses. You're only allowed an hour to go view the house. That's yeah. it. You're allowed an hour. Restrictions. That's how much demand there is. There's not enough supply. People are getting hundreds of thousands of dollars over the asking price. Now, we know some of that is the real estate agent, you know, setting it up for that. But, but things are crazy. I've even got clients and more than one who are calling me in between when we've updated their financial plan to say, oh, could you put the value of my house up another 200000 and my cottage up another 100000 It's funny when they use the term to win the bidding war. Do you really win <laughs> at the end of the day? <laughs> you have the property, but you paid the most expensive price of anyone else who wanted it. <laughs> I think that, you know, when we see that residential construction is as big as it is as an industry, at, at some point, that's got to implode. But I'm not going to predict when, because too many people smarter than you and I have made bold predictions and been dead flat wrong for years. It feels the Canadian economy needs to catch up with the Canadian real estate market. And it, it seems going forward, there needs to be the job creation, the higher paying jobs available in Canada to justify the real estate prices. Because I can see the real estate prices, you know, if you compare them to New York, they're reasonable in those areas. But the job, maybe it's not the real estate, it's just our job market isn't paying what it should to justify those real estate prices. Because they're affordable by foreign investors who are in lands where they make more money. It's very difficult for your, you know, two people making $60,000 a year right now to go and afford to own a home. So it's really creating a separation, which is a little bit dangerous whenever you see this from a, you know, from a socioeconomic point of view, when you see a separation between the average person can no longer afford a home in your country, that becomes an issue. And it will become an issue further into the future too. If you looked at people who live in London, England, New York, 
LA. Home ownership there, that would be a privilege. That yeah. certainly wouldn't be a right. And you know, maybe Toronto and Vancouver are starting to fall into that classification. Well, remember talking to people in England. I remember like 30 years ago, they'd always say you're renting a flat, right? It was always rent a flat. No one owned a flat. And there was nothing wrong with think, renting a flat. That's yeah, just what you did. I think the Queen owned all the flats. <laughs> I don't know what happened to them, but everyone would rent a flat. I never heard anyone that owned the flats. They were always just renting them. You know, it was interesting. Just on the, on the weekend, Ingrid and I were... Uh, uh, went for a walk in Kleinberg, beautiful little community. I, I used to live there, just north of Toronto. And I was stunned. We were walking down the main street. All the same stores were still there. Well, the buildings were there. They were all now real estate offices. And the same thing has happened up in Muskoka, in Port Carling, which is, you know, at the, the center of, uh, of the Muskoka Lakes, the hub of the lakes. It used to have all these great little shops. They've all gone. Now it's nothing but real estate offices. Same thing is happening in Bala. At some point, that doesn't seem to make sense to me. Oh, it's in their best interest. Remember, real estate's in their best interest to see property, number one, prices go up, and number two, sales happen. Whether it's good or bad, as long as things are changing hands. We learned a long time ago that commission-based businesses are bad. I mean, we switched, right? We, we originally started this business. It was more of a commission and trade-oriented business. And realize that's a very poor result for the uh, customer at the end. Real estate is really in that trade-oriented situation, right? And at the end of the day, it's not good for the consumer. It isn't. And at some point, this has to adjust. Maybe just not in the next five years. Who knows? I think that's good for today. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart with TMFG from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management. listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.